You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Check, please. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Ducks Limited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me in the studio today is my co-host, Dr. Mike Brazier. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris. You doing all right? It's nice doing ch- all right. Nice little vest you got on there. Thank you. I'm glad it's not on video so people can't see. <laughs> also in studio with us today is Derek Christians, the coordinator of R3 Media and kind of the whole mind and brains behind the Campus Waterfowl Program. Derek, welcome to the DU Podcast. Hello, Chris. Can I make it? Can I make a joke? Yeah, a re- reference to a movie. You said the whole mind and brains. Is there a difference between mind and brains? There is a movie reference <laughs> where you talk, where the guy there's a great line about there's a difference between mind control and brain control. Can anyone name that movie? I bet you, Chris Isaac. Total can. Recall. Nope. Dinner with Schmucks. Dinner with something. <laughs> do, you, do you know that? I don't know, but I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I thought that was awesome. <laughs> so, Derek, we wanted to uh, bring you in here for the DU podcast today. And just really, you know, we do this with every guest that we have on the podcast. But, so we'll do it with you. But then also um, kind of allow you to introduce all of Campus Waterfowl. And we'll dig deeper further into that. But before we get into that, uh, kind of introduce who you are, where you're from, and how you started Campus Waterfowl. Well, to kind of start off, I grew up in southwest Minnesota, a small town uh, on an acreage south of Westbrook, Minnesota is the town. Grew up hunting. Family was big into hunting. Uh, it was a thing where family members would travel into our acreage and yeah, we would go hunting on the weekends and everything. So it was a big thing uh, growing up, a family affair type deal. And uh, later went on to college at South Dakota State where uh, got more into waterfowl hunting great hunting out there and everything like that. But then started a social media page with some friends and I, not Campus Waterfowl. Um, I'll never take credit for starting Campus Waterfowl. And that's something a lot of people think I did, which I didn't. And yeah, started a social media page and then started reaching out to other social media influencers. You could call them on Twitter, Instagram at the time. And a guy named uh, Jason Cruz reached out to me kind of him and I sparked up a conversation, but he was the one starting this thing called Campus Waterfowl. Cool. And it's kind of blossomed into now, it's just a DU Ducks Unlimited program. Um, kind of talk about that, how, you know, DU kind of approached you about that and to bring Campus Waterfowl into um, Ducks Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that was, so when I got started in, with Campus Waterfowl, it was 2014. So it's, it's definitely been a long journey um, now being 2022, almost 2023. And 
so how it came about with Ducks Unlimited was over the years, we've known uh, yeah, obviously about Ducks Unlimited and it just seemed like we've been working together, trying to accomplish the same goal for the longest time. Um, and, I, and I, over the years, had conversations with DU and everything. Uh, but then uh, in the years started this collegiate waterfowl tour, which we'll probably touch on later in the podcast, uh, where it's a video series where I actually travel to colleges, hunt with students, and show that lifestyle um, and highlight students around the country. I think it was by season, yeah, right before season three, I pitched pitched it to Ducks Unlimited to be a sponsor and everything. That night, if not the next day, I get a call back asking if I'd be interested in coming to work for DU and, and the brand coming along with myself as, as well. So um, definitely a, a dream job scenario. So uh, my wife and I moved down to Memphis, Tennessee, and now, now here we are. It was interesting, Derek, because I had, I, I'm not on social media a lot, contrary to what my wife, contrary <laughs> to what my wife says. Uh, but I do remember seeing Campus Waterfowl, and I think I probably started, I think I was following what you were doing, and, and then the next thing I know, I hear about Campus Waterfowl developing a relationship with Ducks Unlimited, and I thought, oh, that, that's kind of cool. But I want to I go back, and I guess whenever you, I'm, I'm kind of curious how you came up with the, with the idea, what the response was, like you're kind of taking a risk by starting something, investing your time into something. Was there a moment where you realized that there is some potential here, you know, that there, there's interest in doing this in the, the tour, the collegiate waterfowl tour, which as you say, we'll talk about, but I don't, I'm just kind of curious how all of that came about and when you started to realize there might be something here. And, and I, to know, to do it for so long, that's, yeah. that's the part in me that I thought just, I was crazy for keep doing it. And, and what drove me to keep doing it was the fact that I've, I felt like it, there was potential there for myself to to have a full-time job and, and do and doing this full-time because of our successes early on. Um, but then also about, I would say come 20, probably 2018, um, I started learning about the R3 initiative and how the college demographic definitely played a big role in in that um, and just all the connections I had, all their positive experiences being associated with the brand and everything like that. There's something there that you couldn't replace with something else. And, and I think I saw students having current students having benefits and I knew students down the road would have benefit from a brand like campus waterfowl, um, or like a social media page highlighting their their experiences and their skills and things like that, uh, down the road too. So I definitely did not want to let go and, um, kept, kept it going over the years. And, uh, kind of, I would say DU was kind of the saving grace to, to kind of now uh, keep it going, I would say. And it's kind of a, a fresh start. So Derek, kind of explain how you choose. I mean, the entire premises of Campus Waterfowl is based on you were traveling around and you were hunting with different colleges. You know, you, I'm sure you did San Diego State, which was yours, but um, you never did. No, okay, no, that's South Dakota. South. Oh, South Dakota. <laughs> South what did I say? San Diego? San Diego? San Diego. Oh, San Diego. I was thinking SDSU. <laughs> um, no, how do you choose which colleges you're going to go and, you know, make videos with? Uh, so a lot of the times it comes down to sometimes by sheer luck, uh, mm -hmm. getting a message on Instagram or, or whatever. Um, but a lot of it comes down to just having pre-existing relationships with the students that have shared content over the years. A lot of the times I, I spark up conversations with them and then we'll try to plan something out maybe next season or the following season. And sometimes those plans will get canceled and like, just for example, this weekend, plan I plan on going somewhere. I'm not sure where yet, and it's Monday. And sometimes, like I've had it where uh, I've booked my flight at 11 o'clock 
at night and I fly out the next morning within six, seven hours. Wow. Um, yeah. So. So, but when you joined forces with DU, you know, once you kind of came under the Ducks Unlimited umbrella, that probably made it a lot easier due to the abundance of collegiate chapters that DU has. So you can kind of work through that network now, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that network, the collegiate chapters is huge. Um, and I, I get to meet a lot of those students at the third term event here in Memphis uh, during the summer. So I, I can kind of have some plans going into next season. And the Collegiate Waterfall Tour, we travel to 12 colleges throughout the year. And not all 12 colleges are um, DU chapters either. So I, I try to make it about 50-50 because then it gives me a, a chance to highlight those chapters, but then it also gives me the opportunity to share with other students what Ducks Unlimited is doing and they could potentially start their own DU chapter at their college. Yeah, I would imagine that you develop some friendships over the years through some of these, these, these efforts. Uh, do you... Um, I guess a couple of questions. Do you, have you been, how often do you go back to, um, to a location to hunt with the same group again? But then also, I guess more interestingly would be how many people that let's say you met three, four, five years ago, do you still stay in touch with? And are any of those in, have, have they made their way into the conservation, um, uh, community in any way? So first question, like I've got probably getting close to 40, 50 colleges I've been to just all now that this is being season four, I've never gone back and hunted with another set of students, the That's same students. That's pretty cool. It's cool, but I, I wish I could kind of go back and, and go hunting again with these students. And, and that's something that I, that I hope to do later later on as I as we all kind of grow older and everything. Uh, because, yeah, we, it is a, just a, a good time hunting together. And it's pretty laid back. Like, I don't take, I take my job seriously. But when it comes to being there in the, pre I make sure I'm, I'm present with them rather than just behind the camera the whole time. So it's definitely a good time. And yeah, hopefully I can take up on, take some of the requests or in, I get asked a lot of the time by students to yeah, come back or maybe go fishing even. And so I'm hope, I hope to kind of go back sometime and do that. And then any of those, any of the folks that you met, have they, do you now have an opportunity to interact with them professionally, let's say? Um, yeah, there, there's actually been a couple now that have been hired by by Ducks Unlimited, oh, so that's cool. really cool. Um, and then to even, I know some of them are working towards maybe working for DU or, or other uh, conservation organizations or even just going into the science, but a lot of times, sometimes they're they're engineers, sometimes they're going animal science, they're, they're all over the place with their degrees. So um, that's, I just try to be in contact with them, and, and if they are interested with become a photographer or doing this type of stuff, um, I try to help them as much as I can. So Now, for our listeners out there who may have not seen anything from Campus Waterfowl, can you kind of describe what your production looks like? You know, how long is it? Where can they view it? Things like that. Like, what, what is, how is Campus Waterfowl packaged for the outside audience? So what I try to do with my content is make it as relevant as possible and as relatable as possible. I tell students that when I go hunt with them, it's very home video, kind of over the shoulder, um, rather than cinematic, beautiful shots, things like that. Uh, because one, I'm not that good of a videographer, and so <laughs> I try to make it <laughs> make it work um, and and make it kind of my own and, and something that they can look back on and, and kind of relive. So uh, for production timeline, um, say this weekend I, I go hunting, my turnaround time is next Tuesday, the following Tuesday, I 
post a podcast, uh, gives the viewers and, and listeners a chance to meet the students firsthand, uh, their backgrounds and things like that. Uh, the first hunting video will get posted on a Thursday and then the following week, same thing, Tuesday, Thursday, two more videos from that last weekend. And then that Friday, I'm traveling again. Yeah. So you're running basically, it's like two weeks of a content package correct yep. with that one school yep okay yep, right. yep. And, and that's getting like the full length videos are getting posted on youtube and then all like i make a lot of tiktok the vertical videos and a lot take mm -hmm. photos and everything and all that gets distributed on um like instagram facebook things like that to promote those youtube videos so when you go on one of these on one of these hunts you go on site you're blowing and going. You're nonstop collecting information, doing interviews, filming, all this. Not a whole lot of downtime, is it? No, no, definitely not. Maybe maybe for like a quick 20-minute 20, 20 nap but yeah. uh, <laughs> after the hunt or something. But uh, yeah, typically I fly in or drive, get there, uh, I'd say Friday afternoon, uh, get a chance to have dinner with the guys, get a game plan for the weekend uh, or scout. We're scouting right away. And then we're hunting Saturday and Sunday mornings and then flying out right away uh, Sunday. But from time I get there to the time I leave, it is just running, running gun the whole, the entire time. Got the cameras rolling. Uh, we're just scouting, hunting, trying to sleep, eat. There's been times where, yeah, we, I don't think I slept in a, in a bed. We slept in the boat and I think maybe got two hours of sleep over the entire weekend. So wow, it's been cool. minimal. Cool. And so then the podcast that you said that's released on like what, a Tuesday or Typically something like on a that. Tuesday. And so that's, people can find that it's campus waterfowl podcast. They can find it wherever they correct yep. podcast. Yep. It's just us. And then it's, we, I make sure we, uh, I, I got the camera rolling uh, on that as well. So those usually last about an hour, a little over an hour, but it's pretty laid back of us just kicking back on, on a couch or in their in their dorms or, or wherever we can find a, a nice spot where we all can can fit and, and just uh, talk hunting. All right, we got a couple more questions here for you, Derek. Um, but uh, before we do that, let's just go ahead and take a quick break. Is that cool, Mike? Yeah, let's do it, man. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. All right, we're back, everybody. We're here with Derek Christians from, uh, he basically manages the campus waterfowl program. He's also the coordinator for R three Media for Ducks Unlimited. Um, Derek, before we cut to the break, uh, I mentioned that we have some kind of some specific. I know Mike has a couple uh, kind of research and science specific things that he wants to talk to you about with some things that you've done. But for me personally, I just want to know, you know, what was the best hunt kind of collegiate trip that you've been on and, and why was that you can't make him say which one is best you, yeah, can't you have do to that. say you best can't do that. i get this asked every week and i go somewhere so yeah. what are some I'm of the more memorable ones <laughs> no the best one i want to know the best one <laughs> okay so if you're looking at sheer numbers uh it always comes down into early goose season yeah. pretty much wherever I'm, I'm at so south dakota north dakota uh we had a good season this this last year in wisconsin but uh the top one was with our uh South Dakota were in one the first day uh, we got seventy one and then the next day fifty five. Canada's Canada's yeah, okay for, for and, early and now, season. Now what's interesting is on that specific hunt does that relate 
on to your audience on YouTube? Does like is that the the most highly viewed video you have? It is, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, it, you said if that's the yeah, best, you know, maybe yeah. other people view no, it the same way. No, people are attracted to numbers on mm-hmm. on YouTube and everything like that, and and you make it, you kind of know going into it that it's probably going to do fairly well. Uh, but that, yeah, that one was the top one. But there are there are other videos that I would say that I I like more. Yeah. That one. And, and if people are wondering, you know, wondering who Derek Christians is, like they don't. About the only time they would see you is is in the podcast discussions, yeah. right? Because you're yeah, not no, nobody knows who I am. That's right. So it's that, like that's the beauty the of, videos of this. And Derek doesn't talk. He doesn't. You don't see him. You might ask a few questions here or there, but but yeah, uh, yeah. You have to be a, a pretty regular viewer of the of the content to know who I am actually, and and to watch the uh, and listen to the podcast. But a lot of the times, I'm just the guy behind the camera, um, and that's about it. Sometimes I'll get a chance to shoot, and, and I'll pass the camera to some of the other students, um, and they'll film me shooting. But, uh, yeah, most of the time I'm behind the camera. Well, I, I think what you're doing is really cool and engaging the younger hunting community. I think it's it's a, it's a time when, you know, a lot of people are really – they have the means, they have the independence, they have the time to explore that hunting interest. It develops into a hunting passion for a lot of people. They have an opportunity to bring new people to the hunting community, hunting experience. We, we've talked on on other other episodes about, well, it was with our, our, our recap of the first hunt over in Arkansas, that it takes a lot more than just one hunt to make a hunter. And so, uh, college students, that's the that's a time when a lot of that can happen, you know, those formative years for new waterfowl hunters. And so that's pretty cool that you're you're chronicling and documenting that uh, across the country. One of the other things that you've used the platform for, and we had talked about it, um, as as I began to learn what you were doing, and I forget exact I forget exactly how it came about, but you and I began to talk about the opportunity to highlight some of the other some of the research and science that is that's being conducted also by college mm-hmm. uh, college uh, enrollees, college students, graduate students. And we talked this past year about what that would look like, and you sh- uh, shared an interest in it. And I said, well, let me put you in touch with a few people. And you kind of took that and ran with it. Tell us about that a little bit and identify a few, kind of highlight some of the places where you went and students you you uh, visited with. Yeah, for sure. So like, like you mentioned, I've kind of just over the years known that, yeah, Grad students are doing a lot of cool things with waterfowl and just wetland research and, and everything. And ask the question if, if you knew anyone that would kind of at least be a good start um, with the uh, the fellowship program that that DU offers. Um, and so I got in contact with Brett Leach, uh, who was a student at University of Missouri, and went down to uh, Louisiana where he was. Uh, they were capturing blue winged teal down there, and he was putting GPS transmitters on them uh, for his research. Um, then later went to North Dakota to highlight Taylor Linder, who's doing research on grassland birds, and then also some of the University of North Dakota's uh, research with Susan Feligi and the undergrads there. Um, and then literally, the, I think the two days later when I was there, I went to Colorado and met with Casey Seatash and highlighted some of her work that she was doing with a lot of just the different, the diverse habitats in around uh, Walden, Colorado. So that was really cool. And, and I've never been exposed to that type of research or in the field, that type of stuff. So it gave me a chance to kind of start learning some of the jargon that they were using in the field. Um, and then also, yeah, being able to share it with the campus waterfowl audience as well was, was really cool. And, and I'm happy now to have that content because before there's, there's not a lot of, not, not say 
clean shot videos, but just kind of home video, kind of like what I said, just raw videos of students out in the field explaining kind of what they're doing out there. So that's, I, I saw a need for that and wanted to create that type of content. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool to have that on these different platforms. It's on, uh, uh, I saw some of the videos you posted on TikTok. I was a bit dismayed at some of the comments that people were posting on TikTok. They're like, <laughs> how about leave the birds alone? And, you know, I'm like, it, but <laughs> says the guy that says I'm never on social media. <laughs> yeah. But but just because I was interested in the reaction to the uh, to to, the, to these episodes, but it gives you an opportunity to kind of educate people on how waterfowl research works and the fact that yes, in order to study these birds, you have to get your hands on them in some in some ways and 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 their nest uh, and document nest success, etc. All that stuff was of course approved and permitted and tightly controlled, yada yada yada. But it's it's it was interesting to see a lot of the comments come through. Do you notice a difference in let's say the audience that you're attracting on one platform versus the other, whether you're able to discern that just kind of based on your understanding of the of the people, the the people following you or the comments, you notice anything like that? Um, well, I guess if you look at the, like, if you look at the algorithms and stuff based on platforms, they're fairly different on just discover on the discoverability aspect of it. So TikTok versus Instagram, things like that. Um, but the biggest thing that I took away from that type of content, because it was different to my audience compared to like just the hunting, uh, content that they see day-to-day basis on, on a day-to-day basis, um, was that it didn't really, respond to them as well as I thought it would. I thought the content would do better um, and things like that, but I just think duck hunters love to duck hunt. And so they just over the years never really thought about uh, the research side of, of things as much or didn't really care as much about the in, in the, the de- as much detail as we went into with that content. Um, is it going to stop me from creating it? No, because it's brand new and I expect them to kind of, there's there's a learning curve there and, and it's content that they do need to, to know about. Yeah. And just like you described, there's one particular video, um, the hunt in South Dakota with the Canada geese, that's the highest viewed one for, for the campus waterfowl or for the, the hunting settings. You're probably going to learn that there are certain types of research sort of projects or, or the what it is that you're presenting from that research project that's going to be more interesting and attractive to people. And so, I mean, I think it's great to have a perspective across all different types of research that we do. But yeah, you'll probably see that. Like little ducklings are really cute and a lot of people like to see those. Rocket and, nets. And rocket nets. Everybody yeah, loves I know the everybody likes to see rocket nets. Transmitters are always a big thing. <laughs> Transmitters, but, yeah. yes. Rocket nets are, 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 are kind of, yeah, you can't really... They can be controversial. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a little, it's a bit of a sensitive topic at least or subject to put on Line because of the potential for people to misconstrue what they're seeing. That's one of the main yeah. things. And uh, not that there's anything controversial about the practice itself, but it's just, it comes with a certain requirement to communicate what's going into it, what are the permits, what are the regulations around it. And you just can't do that with a lot of the social media today. Yeah. So and I th- or, and even I think, if you try, people aren't going to believe it. <laughs> yeah. and, and with that content too, it's, the, yeah, that it doesn't perform near as close to, it doesn't come close to as good as good as it performs compared to the hunting stuff. But I know it is, like like I said, uh, it's new content, but the people that are watching it are getting a ton of information in a 20, 30-minute video that they'll be able to take and, and teach other hunters um, or maybe tell their parents about. Maybe that's a, a, a field that they want to get into, and it's just good content to have on YouTube. That way um, it's there rather than people finding maybe 20 20 year outdated content. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing that I 
that I kind of find myself thinking about and reminding myself sometimes, even with the podcast, it's more the outcome from the work that we do in science and conservation communication is about more than just the metrics that we can attach to it, download or views or, or whatever it may be, because we also are trying to, to communicate reliable information and share uh, opportunities, share the, and make other people aware of the opportunities that may be out there in this career and recruiting other people to the, our future generation of professionals. So there's a lot more in terms of the outcomes that we seek to achieve than just a few metrics. And some of those are hard to measure, you know, um, outside the, the hard metrics, but nevertheless important. Have you done a hunt with the Mississippi State Yes, group Come on, for Mike. State. Mike's all don't don't let me down. No, no, not, no, Mike's I have not gone to Mississippi State. I went to Ole Miss, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, no. Right. Well, no. It looks right. like I, we're going to have to set you one up with Mike's alma mater. We're going to have to set you one up with my alma mater, uh, Indiana State, the Fighting Trees, the Sycamores. <laughs> Get you up there. May not be for a football weekend, but. Fighting sycamores. You know, a sycamore tree is a good cavity-producing tree. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See, supporting the ducks all there the way through. Yeah. So here's my, you know, I, I just thought this out while we were talking. I thought this would be fun to do because you guys both kind of reacted when I said what was the best hunt that you've been on. So as far as, like, outdoors, and this would be cool perspective um, for me to hear from you. So as far as, like, outdoors and hunting and culture, um, with the schools that you have done, let's create – our final four, just like the college oh, football man. playoffs. So let's let's Look, let's rank the top now, four. No, you know, among those. Well, it's you're not really them, fair. You're though, ranking because them among Mississippi culture. State's not in there yet. You're, uh, that's true, but see, we can do this every year. <laughs> now we can have a show every Tuesday night. Rank the colleges. So and, and it's not you know you're not saying the best video or the best hunting or, or the, the most be, birds harvested. The most birds harvested. We're not saying that. It's just kind of like so. Let's let's have this set up on like. Objective criteria. Let's bring some science. To yeah, there you go. But yeah, but I mean, like the hunting culture. You know, like an outdoors. So let's say if someone's listening to this and oh, they're that's like, totally subjective. Eh, whatever. <laughs> uh, and they're you're like, oh man, I think I'm gonna I want to go to school somewhere. But you know, it's between South Dakota State and you went somewhere in like the UP, didn't you? Uh, Lake Superior State. Lake Superior State. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like if you're just between those two, like, if, and this person's like a diehard duck hunter, diehard outdoorsman. Um, who would who would what would be a better choice between those two? Those are probably two pretty tough ones because, you know, the UP is awesome for the outdoors and South Dakota has a, just an abundance of opportunity. Fishing comes into play there Fishing, too. Yeah. yeah. But I think if we set it up that way, you know, for your your top four, um, let's go ahead and do number four, then three, then two, then one. So, I got, I got I, just in case any of the students <laughs> I've hunted with are, are listening. That's this all is like, I expect now that them to be. Sour, That's course. all right. Yeah, no. <laughs> or or how they hosted. They they did all the students I've gone with. Yeah, don't take no great. one take this you know, person. Yeah. Let's just let's just set up this way. And if you're not happy with it, you can always invite Derek back. It's hard to put like South Dakota on there because I went there. Yeah. I went there and I I lived through the the college days there. I would say like ones that come to mind right away. Uh, can I go like by state? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, state. I would say Louis Louisiana's up there. Just culture yeah, Have you done multiple people. Louisiana schools, correct? I uh, went to Lafayette, um, went down there with the Raging Cajuns, okay. and then went to, I'm going to uh, LSU in January. Okay, I thought, you, I thought you had done the LSU one, but that's okay. I'll refrain from any jokes. I have a lot of friends. In, <clears throat> Louisiana's uh, right up there. Yeah, right. you know, yeah, right. No, the culture, the people, yeah, that whole experience, at least like for me from being from the North, the, the Yankee I am, yeah, going yeah. down there, that was something. I would say... Uh, Chesapeake Bay was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, being, I went to Salisbury University. Okay, uh, yeah. Went hunting with some students there. That whole 
I would, yeah, just the culture, the area, the, mm-hmm. the food, just, it was just an awesome experience. Very uh, cool waterfowling historical yeah, area. Yeah, yeah for we sure. got to, uh, what was it? The Ward Museum. We went mm-hmm. there while, yeah. while we were out there. Um, so that was really cool. Anywhere out West? I, I would say anywhere out West, like just that kind of free range t- mountains and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Like that is. Cause any, you did Colorado, didn't you? Colorado, Montana. I'll be going to Idaho this okay. January What well. schools out there? University of Idaho. University of Idaho. Okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. We're, go- we're going out there. Um, Boise State's out there. Too. I was going to say, that's what I was curious, which one, which yep. schools you're going to. But we'll you're, be- you're really non-committal on this. I know. I, I know. I, I'm, I'm going to hold you to the fire here. No, right no. now, we've got two. <laughs> got to avoid that. we got the three, don't we? No, it hasn't been LSU yet. That's like, right. it's all regions. Yeah, oh, well, that's doing regions. Well, he's doing Region it kind states. of by state. So, like, LSU, he's probably putting at one. How many have you done in Arkansas? Two now. So, when I was at Ole Miss, we hunted Arkansas. Yeah, I don't We're going to have to throw that one out because that's like crossing state lines there. Yeah. But now... Now and then I was there for opener this last year or this season with with uh, Arkansas State. Oh, okay. Cool. okay. The, yeah. uh, Red Wolves, is that right? I think that's right. I believe so. I have no idea. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, I mean that there. that gives you a pretty good idea. And I think you know, while I'm not going to necessarily hold you to your top four, I think that'd be something that'd be something kind of cool to do even online. I will say, know. best food though, best like, gotta be Louisiana. Well, you're from Dude, South Dakota. Had, you probably I, think ketchup spicy. Too. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> I'll I'll say. I'll rank food though. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I was at yeah in the UP Sault Ste. Marie. Oh yeah, there was a very good whitefish sandwich at a local diner that we went to. Right. I can't remember the place's name. I can get down with that. Super good, and it was fresh and everything. So that's that, probably one that of the cool good. aspects. I mean, that's what I like to do when I'm traveling for magazine assignments and stuff. It's really it's not just the hunting. It's like some of the duck diners and the you know the food especially. So it's, it's kind of the, some of the stuff you don't see on yeah. on film, which which is a shame. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, when I was at Salisbury with the students there, um, they run their own uh, fishing charter, and so they had a plethora of seafood and and uh, they yeah deep sea fishing and everything. So they made some swordfish steaks while I was there. Nice. Um, so that that was awesome. Uh, but yeah, Louisiana too, cooking all the all the different foods there. So that Heck was, yeah, that was I knew awesome. that one would be up there. Cool, food wise. Yep. So kind of rolling on here. And one thing that our listeners may not have realized is, you know, Derek has kind of shared the story of how Campus Waterfowl came into DU. But at that same time, when we brought Campus Waterfowl into DU, one of the most obvious and glaring um, Campus Waterfowl um, changes that that people have probably seen in January of 2022 when the redesign of the magazine came out, we redesigned the varsity section of the magazine to literally, it is called Campus Waterfowl. So people may have noticed that, and that's kind of where this Campus Waterfowl came from. It's kind of just a little Campus Waterfowl fun fact there. Uh, but uh, Derek, so, you know, moving forward, like what's the, you know, plan going into this year, finishing out this year, and then you know, going into the next year, what are there any changes, anything that people should kind of look for that would be exciting? Nothing huge on the front end. I would say, like, we're going to keep delivering content and things like that, hunting with with students and sharing their, their stories and things like that. Well, we always have our big collegiate waterfowl national championship uh, in March where we have the students vote on the best, co- the best with quotation marks around it, college uh, school out there. So big shout out to North Carolina State for winning that last year. But uh, 60, yeah, it's 64 college bracket yeah. type deal. Um, we'll have that again in March here. Uh, we're going to continue the waterfowl research tour and next season do the same tour, uh, hunting tour and, and everything like that. But things that I kind of want to improve on is just building out that 
a peer-to-peer kind of relationship that students can build amongst themselves um, through Campus Waterfowl and helping students more directly with any questions or anything like that or, or even have providing some type of resource to them if possible uh, to students because it's just going, living, being in college and being a waterfowl hunter, it, it's not easy. It's There's a lot of demands now in, in the world that we live in today. And so um, anyway, I can help out with that. Um, I hope I, I can and, and help maybe connect students amongst each other because a lot of times I get, I get asked by students about me coming out there and, and hunting and things and things like that. But I hope, and I should tell students now, like if they're listening, that now when you're in college is, is an awesome time to really travel and hunt with other students and connect with other students because you can you can easily do the same exact thing that I'm doing is where you just build a relationship with the students over the years or a year or two or, or whatever and just trade hunts where a guy from South Dakota can come down to Arkansas and a guy from Arkansas goes up to South Dakota whenever the seasons allow and everything. So um, it's you don't have to pay the guide fees. You don't have to do anything like that. Yeah. So it's awesome where you can just go somewhere, hunt with students, same age, um, and just have a good time and go hunting and build a relationship that'll just through a simple two, three days can build a relationship that'll last a lifetime. So, Derek, we're here in early December. Which upcoming hunt do you, that you've identified thus far are you looking forward to the most? Of this season right now, I would say, and this is strictly just because of my hunting experiences, um, I'm looking forward to that Idaho hunt. I know the students mentioned too, when, whenever we travel to a college, I tell students we do a miscellaneous video, um, which is anything anything but just like the day of or the duck hunt that we do or goose hunt. Um, so I've gone deer hunting with students. We've gone fishing. We've gone, we, we do a lot of duck recipes, um, but just anything not that duck hunt. And so the students out there said that's kind of the prime time for sturgeon fishing. Um, and so I think we're going to be going to be trying that as That'd well, but, yeah, cool. but don't quote me on that because things, things, yeah. plans do change. And so if people listen to this and we don't have a, a sturgeon fishing video, we had a change of plans. I don't <laughs> even know where all you're planning to go, but I, other than Idaho and Idaho would probably been at the top of my list. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. So, you know, someone obviously saw a need for this and you or whoever it is that, that really started campus waterfowl, but why was there a need to like come out with campus waterfowl? Yeah, it's a, so Campus Waterfowl, the reason why Jason started Campus Waterfowl um, was because he, he like he had a big presence on on Twitter back yeah, in 2014 and all. Um, but he started noticing back then where students used to post their pictures was students posting these big pile, like piles of pictures, pile pictures of birds and everything like that. And, and they weren't really getting the recognition that they deserved by the outdoor industry. Um, and so to kind of s- start, uh, Jason, he wrote an ebook which was called the Campus Waterfowl Project, which I don't know if you can still find online now or not, but he highlighted 13 students around the country that were um, avid waterfowl hunters and everything and had them give one tip and um, a, about waterfowl hunting that they would have. But that was kind of just the starting point. And I was lucky enough to, to be one of the 13 there. And um, after that, he then started the campus waterfowl social media pages on twitter and and instagram and wesley littlefield who's from rogers state um in oklahoma he was the first intern to actually start managing uh the campus waterfowl instagram and twitter and then i came on board after that and then logan smith of uh, mississippi state he was hey so, here we go so one of them talking about. one of the original three we call it we called ourselves the, the founding fathers or whatever <laughs> of campus waterfowl but yeah us us three were the were the the pioneers that kind of got it going uh, back in the day and then uh, just 
ran it ever since. And yeah, cool. No, that's awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to ask, Mike? No, I, I think it's pretty cool. A really cool addition to our kind of portfolio, waterfowl, wetland conservation efforts and science communication. It's great, man. I uh, love, love seeing what you're doing and love the opportunity to be a little small part of it every now and then. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Derek, man, I really appreciate you coming on here, um, sharing Campus Waterfowl with our audience. Uh, can you tell everybody where everyone can find Campus Waterfowl? Uh, they can find it on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, um, all the podcast platforms, things like that. It's just Campus Waterfall. Cool. That's awesome. I'd like to thank our guest, Derek Christians, for coming on the show today and talking about Campus Waterfowl. I'd like to thank my co-host, Dr. Mike Brazier, for joining me in the studio today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank Chris Isaac, our producer, for doing a great job getting the show out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting Wetlands Conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.